Dodge Yahoo, Phantom of the Forest, Doom, Spear, Finger, Fire, Dragon, Ohio, Grassman, Silver Giant, Bloodless Hollow, West Virginia, Vampire, Coyote King, Hogzilla, Devil, Dark Coyote Killer. Cave creature, Mothman, Smoke Wolf, Lizard, Demon, Ashman, Grafton Monster, Cow Killing Bastard, Shadow Creature, Dustman, Cherokee, Death Cat, Wild Man, Great Fire Rape, what else do I have to say? Steal yourself some chicken wire, and I'll get some blubber, cast the Thunder Brothers, don't you dare get out of the golf cart. We can keep our fixies while we hunt the big feet. Snally Gastro Team, Red Island Bear Beast, Silver Giant, Squalling Savage, Black Wolf was kind of average. Stone Giant, Raven Mock, Midnight, Whistler, Wampus Beast, Wild Wild Woman, Ohio, Grass Man again. Technically, Huckleberry Wolf, Man of Wolf County, need to find the axe again if we hunt the Lightning Man. A Webster's Werewolf, Deadly Howl, Kentucky Hellhound, Little Girl, Headless Horror, I can't take it anymore. And I'll get some lumber, cast the Thunder Brothers Don't you dare get out of the golf cart We can keep our big seats while we hunt the Big Feet This here's Big Feets, the podcast about big feet and the men that want them, that love them, that cherish them. Technically, that's accurate. Uh, I'm Ryman Robert Brockway. And I am wearing distinctive headgear. My name's Sean Baby. I'm from the internet. And I am award-winning author Jason Pargin. <laughs> you have to do it the whole time. You set you set the you set the mm-hmm. standard. And right off the bat, I have to correct something because some people have been challenging our journalistic integrity on this show. We have been what? Yes, we have to get into the scandal. And this is not even that. There's multiple scandals we have to get into before we're gonna actually talk about this oh, episode. We have been saying from the very, very beginning that there are nine that there are nine seasons of the Bigfoot hunting reality show Mountain Monsters, and some people have pointed out that there are only eight. There are nine. We are hoping for a ninth season, and so people are like, "Well, if you fail at even this level of research, should mm-hmm. you be the ones in charge of telling the story? Should you not have left it to someone that actually knows the subject?" But no, you fools. There is a spinoff season of Mountain Monsters called Mountain Monsters by the Fire, in which the Ames team watch their old episodes and comment <laughs> on them. And give, We're absolutely and going share, to oh. and share behind the scenes commentary and tell and speak of bloopers that occurred. Of course, we are going to be recapping Wild Bill recapping. I cannot wait. Monsters. It is <laughs> insulting that any of you thought that we would not be doing that. And frankly, if you're among those who didn't think so, I don't want you to be listening to the show anymore. You're banned from you listening to it. it. Yeah. Fuck you. you. Fools. You fools. You absolute fools. Not only are you wrong in that direction, there are several more directions in which you're wrong, which I will now lay out for you. Uh, their season nine has been officially confirmed. Uh, we are go for season nine. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure we'll we'll be well past that by the time we catch up. Sure. However, we have also discovered spinoff shows. Uh, there are like Alaskan monsters and several uh, UFO. What is it? Aliens versus cowboys, UFOs versus cowboys, something like that. By in that take place in the same universe by the same producers making spinoffs of this. So we are, if anything, 
being very conservative by saying there are nine seasons of this ridiculous show about hillbillies hunting monsters. If you expand to the whole verse, there's probably 20. There's probably 30 seasons out there. We could do this until we all literally die. Probably. Well, I vote yes. See, that's the meta drama above that, that hangs over this entire enterprise because there is a ticking clock of which will occur first. Will our deaths? Will we run out of episodes? Will one of us become too successful to do this show, or will society collapse? Or will somebody involved in the production of Mountain Monsters do something or say something completely terrible that we will not want to cover the show anymore? That's the likely outcome. Yeah, of the three, definitely. Of the the three. All right, let's get into the other scandal, which is that. Uh, in, in a previous episode, uh, we had completely missed, uh, and I, I will cop to it, this was our fault, we completely missed uh, an entire section of lore where Jeff explained that, uh, that, there was, that one of the monsters was actually a shape-shifting uh, Indian woman out for revenge uh, for, her, for her husband, for her like forsaken husband. I feel like Jeff's uh, always adding like some Indian shit that everyone just ignores. Like, I feel like that's your job as a viewer is just to ignore Jeff's like weird Indian rants. We should have, that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful cop out. I wish we could take it. We should have known that. What actually happened was we've been watching, uh, like fools, uh, the Max version, the streaming version. Oh. Apparently the streaming versions of this show do not have the whole show. They are like a domesticated version where they will cut what is considered uh, controversial, quote-unquote, or extra stupid, quote-unquote, parts. Hmm. I think they're <laughs> so right that we are not getting the complete about both picture. those things. That's fucked up, though, that we're not getting the... So we need to watch the streaming versions, because I watched the max versions for the episode we're doing today. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought we all agreed that we would... I have gone out and spent $140 to purchase every single episode of Mount Moss. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. It's $140 well it. to buy them all. I'm happy to do it too. So we buy that uh, from Yeah, Amazon. we'll reimburse you. Uh, this is what petty cash is for. No, 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 it's my Again, pleasure. I'm not I kidding. Insist. I insist. It's on me. Uh, Everybody go buy every single season of the international version so that we don't look like just goddamn okay. pants around our ankles oh, assholes. Jesus. I'm really worried Again. now that I missed a whole bunch. Wait, no. There is Indian stuff in this one. So if... <laughs> So they forgot to cut it, I guess. This will be a wonderful experiment. We can find out exactly what's missing because I watched the true, the true director's cut, the true vision of the creators. And I I guess both of you uh, have watched like the, the, the plebe version. Yeah, I, I plebed it. I would love the idea that Brockway's cut is like 45 minutes longer. It's just <laughs> Yes, it is. These are these are each three and a half hours long. Uh, there are entire characters that just aren't aren't even in this. Like, like, I know we thought Doc was a bit character. Doc is in every single episode. It's rich tapestry of human emotion that is Doc. He will become your favorite. Uh, before we jump into this, uh, Jason, uh, what are you working on? Uh, I don't know when this episode airs. If it's around Christmas time, probably. Please get my book for everyone you know. So, most recent novel is called Zoe is Too Drunk for This Dystopia. It is book three in the series of Zoe Ash sci-fi novels. If you enjoy listening to me talk on shows like this, you might enjoy my books. 
they're an audio version, so it's kind of well, but they're not being read by me. Uh, they're also <laughs> all about Bigfoot. Uh, yes. every single one of them. So you will you will enjoy that. They're about hillbillies fighting big feet. Uh, you'll love it. Yes, please. That is why I am on shows like this to promote my books, and also because it's the only time I ever talk to anyone. Same. Same. Yeah. This is my social life, and I record it for profit. Yep. Uh, Sean, what, what, uh, what do you want to plug? You know, I, um, I'm i working on this website called 1900HotDog, and it's uh, the final uh, media platform for anyone. Uh, we do jokes every day, and they're awesome. We got an all-star cast of writers, and uh, they're all well-paid and very funny. And uh, I'm very proud of our work. That's it. That's the whole plug. Me too. I like that every time we discuss the website, uh, there's one more word we, we can, one more descriptor we can drop. Like it's, we're, we're one of the last comedy websites. We're the last comedy website. We're the last website. <laughs> we're the we're website. Just, we're just yeah. the last. And we're going to be out there floating on an asteroid in the depth of the universe. And we're still doing it. We're making it work. <laughs> I'm, I'm once again going to plug this wonderful podcast you're listening to right now. Good job. That's my plug. Good job. You're doing great. Uh, tell somebody. Tell anybody. Yell it at somebody. Uh, leave a review. I think uh, I think Apple still helps the most, but wherever you do that, leave a review. Tweet about it. If you find somebody going like, I, God, I love hillbillies, and I love uh, monsters that don't exist. Where can I find more content about this? Yeah, tell them. Tell them about this. This is where they belong. Uh, we need your help. Still. Let me add an addendum, an addendum to that, because this is something that neither Brockway nor Sean are comfortable saying. So this show, our rewatch of the show that no one watched, Mountain Monsters, uh, this is one of the most successful things I think they've ever made. I've gotten more fan mail about this podcast than about my <laughs> last book the entire time it was out. Uh, this podcast, as you noticed, has no ads on it. No advertiser would ever consider putting ads on this. It is entirely funded through the 1900 hot dog Patreon. That is the only reason this also exists, even though it seems to be a separate thing. If you go to that Patreon and you see that they are making like $14,000 a month, you may think, my God, these people have more money than any one man can ever spend. Please understand that that amount We're making of- 1.5 plumber salaries. That amount of money is split between two adult men doing this as their primary job and supporting their families. And also they now have numerous contractors and freelancers that they pay to do work. And also Patreon takes a huge cut. And then so does Uncle Sam. It is not very much. If you can kick in a few dollars, it would mean a lot. There are not many operations like this left. They say that jokingly, I am telling you, it's not a joke. There are not many things like this still going on. Fewer it's every true. day, baby. We're getting to the top by uh, by way of default. <laughs> by way of everybody else default. It's like in the military. When the general dies, everybody goes up one rank. <laughs> I think that's how it works. That's uh, of course that's how it works. <laughs> uh, all right, if you are very confused about what you've listened to, this is your first first episode you're ever listening to. Don't do that. Go right back to the beginning. Uh, listen to everyone; they're all bangers. And what's more important, you get to go on this journey where the show just keeps getting fucking better and better every episode. I can't believe how good this show is. 
you can't believe how good it gets. We're not even to the really wild shit. Like they keep this up the whole time. By by season nine, we're basically Star Trek. Like there's just it's not that you wouldn't even recognize the universe. Uh, Mount Monsters is a hillbilly cryptid uh, monster hunting supposedly reality show where a bunch of actual hillbillies uh, run out into the woods and pretend like they've seen a litany of, of weird monsters and then they chase them with God, what I hope are unloaded firearms. <laughs> Otherwise, there are just so many people dead because of this. Uh, we never really see the monsters, but that doesn't keep them from just playing pretend as hard as possible. It's wonderful watching them go through this. Our cast uh, is Trapper, who is the leader. Uh, he is not a trapper. Huckleberry, who is security and also kind of a Bigfoot. Uh, Buck is the rookie caller and Husky Ninja, and he now takes point because they've decided that he is... Uh, the the best fodder for monsters. You know, I, I, we made fun of him for falling a lot, but I think in the last few episodes, he's fallen the least. So I think uh, that's why they have him in front. And he is still fallen quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he is not wrong about being the husky ninja of the group. That's just, that's just, there's just a bar that he's not mentioning. Uh, Jeff is our hillbilly research scientist, by which I mean he will make up the wildest facts <laughs> and then everybody else has to be like, oh shit. God Jeff. damn it, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Willie is our actual trapper, uh, by which I mean he makes large uh, logs that he drops on monsters. Uh, Wild Bill, Wild Bill is, I guess, on paper the tracker. He's never once tracked a monster. What he really does is, I guess he's kept, he's sort of an arborist in that he falls out of trees. Yeah, he's a great a climber. He's great at running towards noise. He's uh, not a great end of climber. He seems unkillable in a lot of ways. I guess you could he's add that unkillable. to his talents. He's absolutely unkillable. Yeah. He will, uh, at, at all points, he will just pull out a, a, some sort of handmade weapon that he should <laughs> not have, and he will charge into the brush. And if there was an actual Bigfoot out there, he would either have eaten every single one or just probably be long dead. Long yeah. dead. Yeah. Uh, today, we are watching Mountain Monsters Season 1, Episode 10. According to the Max order, we, we are now going off of a different order. Uh, but we're still watching them in order of, of the Max streaming service, uh, which we'll all converge shortly. Uh, season 1, Episode 10, The Werewolf of Webster County. Gotta say it like that every time. Werewolf. Uh, we're gonna get that Webster Werewolf. Hold on. Are these... Have we been watching them in the wrong order? Oh, no. What did you watch? I watched Werewolf no, 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 of no, Webster no. County. You, you said, you were ta- said this Episode 10 going by the Max order. I'm saying, does did they air in a different order than what we're... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is, we're into, we're like halfway through season two in the official non-streaming order. <laughs> For some reason, Max combined like three or four seasons into one, one mega season of like 25 episodes or oh, whatever. okay. Fascinating. So this is season two, episode like three or four. Four, maybe later, I now, think. Do you think Bigfoot was responsible for that? Well, right now, okay, right now we should also explain, we make a lot of Bigfoot jokes, a lot of Bigfoot jokes. They're after a werewolf right now, mm-hmm. and they will be after all sorts of different cryptids. There will become a point where they settle, like, Bigfoot is our bread and butter. It's going to be almost entirely Bigfoot right. from now on. Uh, we haven't, we're sort of evolving naturally to where they're figuring out like their best episodes are Bigfoot episodes, mm-hmm. but man, they got some bangers along the way. I love this episode. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, we start these off as we always do by looking up whether or not this was ever even sort of a real thing. And it's not, <laughs> no, it's not at all. Uh, no, there are no such thing as West Virginia werewolves in folklore. The closest 
that they have is called a snarly yow. <laughs> a snarly yow. Which is a ghost dog that sometimes follows people on roads. So okay, they already killed a ghost dog. Well, not killed. They trapped a couple of real dogs. <laughs> they definitely killed those dogs. They and now right. the ghosts now have their ghosts have combined on each other's shoulders into the werewolf of Webster County. There we go. Now we have to right away disappoint the listeners because they have heard us say werewolf. So there's going to be a guy who lives around there who, at a full moon, turns into a werewolf, and they're going to have to like hunt down this guy and then trap him, and then he transforms back into a human. No, they've decided this werewolf does not transform back into a person, and in fact, it's not clear to me at all in what sense this is a werewolf versus just a very big wolf. Yeah. Uh, That's a very uh, good maybe point. I have more parts of the episode than you guys, because... There's, I have some backstory there to this. Right. Uh, which we'll get into shortly. Sure. Because so uh, Trapper did, he was like, uh, he thought werewolves were only in Europe. So yes. he, he seems to think that this is like a classic werewolf from Europe. Uh, this was weird to me because he's a seasoned monster hunter. And this is episode 10 of a show built around the reputation of these courageous trackers. Like, that's how they got this show. And so for him to just like have no idea like where werewolves exist while there's one right under his nose. It's, it's troubling. Um, See, I think he's sort of correct. I think they're like an invasive species. Okay. Okay. That does make sense. And Uh, they're like ruining the ecosystem for all of the noble cryptids that are (laughs) West Virginia natives of which there are 10,000 different species. I think sounds like that. Yeah. Infinite, infinite thousand. Uh, we start this episode as we do every episode. Uh, they're nothing if not formulaic with Trapper's truck briefing. They all pile mm-hmm. into Trapper's extremely huge truck driving to their next case, which is never more than like a state. It's it's always immediate area. Uh, and he, Trapper tells us this here werewolf is over seven foot tall, 400 pounds. You might recognize that as the exact same size as every single other thing they've ever found. Seven, eight feet tall. Check. That's Glowing eyes. I'm so- Check. Luscious thighs. Check. They change the color of the eyes. Usually they go with the red glowing eyes. This one has glowing yellow eyes. But also, that's right. we have found, I, I think you're a little bit wrong on this. They are very confused about the density of these creatures. Because a creature mm-hmm. that is seven feet tall could, in this universe, be anywhere from 400 to 1,200 pounds, but be the same build. It's not like they, they're tracking yeah. like the obese, the obese grass man of... <laughs> West Virginia. It's, You're right. It's all yeah, like approximately the same height, but they have fought monsters that they have said were were seven feet tall and two thousand pounds. Yeah, like the <laughs> the case. moth man they thought was like eight hundred pounds or something like that. It was really weird. <laughs> it was like, how can it fly? It's it's more dense than a neutron star or whatever. Well, the Mothman is, is he, he flies via electricity magic, as we all know, mm-hmm. if we were paying attention in Mothman class, which is a class in West he, Virginia. He caused 9 11. I don't think we should joke about Mothman. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sensitive subject. So we've got them European Wolfmen here. Uh, we cut to our CGI model. There's a CGI model of every single monster. Uh, it's, it's glorious and ridiculous. Uh, we do our thick cryptid thigh check, and I will say. Wolfman's got some dark meat on him. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He's got a little bit of like a master splinter face, which uh which doesn't do it for me, but then thighs. Yeah, he's like a fuckable master splinter. 
Yeah, he's a he's a hunk. He's a hunk Splinter. Like maybe when Splinter was young, this is yeah, this is a little disheveled, is, I guess. This is this is what Splinter is online right now, running mid journey to make himself look ripped, and this is the this is what it's spitting out that he's putting on his profile. <laughs> it starts jerking so, off to it. <laughs> now I I don't even need a date. This is, this is enough for me. Uh, so Jeff, you know, Jeff, our researcher, chimes in and says, he's so active during the full moon. The closer we get to the full moon, the more active he gets. Mm-hmm. I mean, he actually gets crazy. <laughs> yeah. He, he, when the full moon happens, that's when he gets so active, it counts as crazy. And <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is a momentous occasion because they got another note from the producers at mm-hmm. Destination America saying, hey, you need to explain why you give up on these hunts after your second attempt, even after you have established that the creature is a clear and present danger to the women and children of the area. Why on the second night do you just go home? And we have literally said in our previous podcast, all they need to do is drop some lore that's like, he only comes out during mm-hmm. the winter solstice. If we don't get him tonight, he will disappear for another six months. And they did it for this episode. It's like, hey, guys, full moon tomorrow night. Rumor is that he goes into hibernation or whatever when it's not a full moon. If we don't get him by the full moon, we'll be forced to just go home in failure. So this time they actually Mm -hmm. set it up. They, They use these next couple of episodes, especially they use so many of the notes. They're like, they're just they're 10 episodes in and they're just now hitting like. I guess the first things we said when this premise was brought to us were like, okay, why is it only, why, well, first of all, why do we want to kill everything? Right. (laughs) Second of all, like, why is, why is there a time limit? It's just now occurring to them to address it. And, uh, I do think it's glorious the ways that they are trying to get around this. They kind of, I love the idea that the werewolf goes crazy when he gets to the full moon. Uh, I I think that's, that's brilliant wolfman lore, wolfman lore. Sorry. Yeah, they kind of fuck uh, it up, I was saying, because they um, they talk about how no one's ever seen him except on a full moon. Uh, I think Trapper says that. And and so they kind of clash against each other's improv because they're like, you know, he gets a little more active during a full moon. And I guess by that he means like stirring in his sleep somewhere unknown to all because the other guy says, no, no one's ever seen him except for a full moon. So uh, you run into this a lot with mountain monsters where you're like, well, which is it? Like these both seem... Mutually exclusive. Um, I like the idea that he's just really chill the rest of the time. Yeah. Like he's, he's Wolfman full time, but he's just, he's like the, he's like the big Lebowski. He's just out there, you know, rambling around in a bathrobe mm-hmm. doing his thing. And then the, the full moon comes out. And he's just like, fucking, ah, fucking wolf out. <laughs> they, but they <laughs> but never the posit the, that. The rest of the time he's ashamed. They, they never posit that he transforms into back into a person. Like I know you're no. going to get into the backstory of, of how he became, but it's, it's only, I've never heard this version of the werewolf myth where it's it's a wolf that's just kind of chill except on a full moon right. then he becomes angry and then the rest of the time just kind of hangs out. I do love it. I love that that he just gets pissed off by the moon. Uh Jeff does get get right into his origin at this point. He says in 1770 there was a game trail in Webster County which the Shawnee Indians traveled out on all the time, but what happened was their chief was killed on the game trail. And the chief was reincarnated into what we now call the Webster werewolf. He was right. reincarnated 
into a werewolf. I really like this. Trapper didn't. Trapper's like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure it's a Europe. I'm doing a Europe thing, Jeff. <laughs> Invasive species Invasive from Europe. European werewolves thing. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I'm doing a reincarnated Indian thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Huckleberry's like, my, I got a tooth problem. Or no, no, no. No, that's Trapper. Trapper has a tooth problem. Huckleberry's never been to a dentist. That's a fun fact. That's the B-plot. So right. sometimes we run a fun little B-plot gag. And this episode, it's Trapper is in pain. He just like nurses his yeah. cheek. And Buck says, <laughs> Buck says a wonderful sentence. Buck says, maybe the full moon is what's been messing with Trapper's tooth. <laughs> so it's now an we're interesting out for theory. revenge on the moon. Yeah, it's uh, personal for now. Trapper's tooth. <laughs> and now it's personal. I don't think this uh, episode got personal until like, just before it ended. Like, there's no reason these guys have to kill the werewolf at all. There's no one in danger. There's no... It, it hasn't harmed them in any way. It I just kind of like gets can crazy. I only take maybe two two reasonable notes per yeah, episode. I agree. And then it just pushes out stuff we've already established. So, like, yes, we can address the time limit, but we can't address why we need to kill him if we're going to do that. It's just... It's too much yeah. to get done. I guess it's sort of a given. If it's a werewolf, you sort of assume people are in danger. It's I well, mean, not if he's the reincarnated Indian chief. Like, now you he, have to tell me wh- why. They didn't say how he died. He might be like venge. It might have been like a a bunch of white people. He he might be like a vengeful Indian chief. You're right. That's it's a it's an utterly incomplete story. Like they give they give a backstory of why. Like okay, so why is he a werewolf? What does the werewolf do? <laughs> right. Uh, what? How do you white and, hillbillies on a reality show in a pickup truck hundreds of years later? <laughs> how are you the ones to solve this ancient Indian curse? Okay, and it's a strange choice because there are no wolves in Virginia. I don't know if there were back in the 1700s, but um. But there aren't today. Yeah, let's uh, let's be extra clear. They're positing that an Indian chief was killed, presumably by white settlers. I, that's my what they're trying to say. Is, yeah, and then he was reincarnated to get vengeance as a wolf. This three hundred year old creature, this immortal wolf, this supernatural reincarnated magical wolf, they are going to kill it because it is it is frightening people. Because it's there. So they are the, Just the heroes of the story <laughs> that these 2013 era <laughs> white people living in West Virginia are finally going to right this wrong and kill this awful werewolf. This awful Indian werewolf who wants revenge on uh, exactly them. Exactly. <laughs> perhaps exactly this type their of person. Totally justified. <laughs> yes. They're 100% justified and God damn it. We're going to stop him. Uh, so we visit our first eyewitness, who is a trapper named Boone. Uh, pretty pretty filthy hillbilly, even by their standards. We're really up yeah. in the filthy hillbilly game. What's his identifying headgear? Uh, I think he's got a camo hat. With Oakley's. With Oakley's. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. He's got camo hat with Oakley's. Uh, he meets them just in the dead middle of the woods. It's just standing there. And then it's just standing there <laughs> waiting for him. And it's heavily implied... That he lives here when they say he runs a trap line here, like for a job. Yeah. Like he's got a line of traps and he just goes to each one, eats what's in them, and then goes to the next one. And that's his life. <laughs> he's just eating eating possums out of bear traps. and In uh, a line, yeah. just walks down the line, eating everything <laughs> in his traps and then starts it all over again. Uh, Trapper says, people like these are the ones that have these great encounters. Like, 
I wonder why that is, Trapper. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird you pointed that out. He Uh, might be mad with tapeworms. There's... With, with he's got the possum madness. I like he's, this because they introduce Huckleberry, and Boone's like, "I know what a fucking Huckleberry is." I just thought this was such a a clumsy roast. Like if you met a guy named Cletus Banana, you wouldn't make fun of Cletus Banana by saying, "What's a banana? Fuck you." Uh, Actually, no. I love you know what? I, I take it back. Movement. That's a pretty sick burn on Cletus Banana. I Suck it, very, Cletus Banana. I am very certain that either me or Brockway. Both have transcribed that exchange word for word. Rockway, yes. have you written it down? <laughs> yes. Okay, I have. so have I. Do you want to do you want to trade lines? You can be oh, you can be Boone nice. or Trapper. Uh I, I will be I will be Boone. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I I had it beginning with the Huckleberry introducing himself as just saying Huckleberry. And then uh-huh. me, Boone saying, Huckleberry. I don't know what the hell a Huckleberry is, but he's my Huckleberry. <laughs> and then Boone says, Is he? And Trapper just says very matter-of-factly, Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's it is very I don't want to do this like this early internet 2003 thing where we joke that everything is gay, every like male relationship is gay. Mm-hmm. But this is gay. This is a budding, slow building romance over many episodes because they they keep, they have this like thing where they just exchange this private talk with each other over mm-hmm. shy smiles and are very protective. And I don't think you can say something like "He's my Huckleberry" and and expect it to be an incredibly platonic and wholesome yeah. relationship. You've dropped a sexual landmine in your your relationship for sure. And it continues by Trapper saying, "He watches my back all the time," to which Boone replies. That could be about as good as watching the front, I'd say, by looking at him. And then everyone laughs very hard as if that string of words means anything. Yeah, what does that mean? It means they're about to fuck. I don't know where you guys grew up, but like, it does somehow. I don't know what it means. Very affectionate, dirty talk. Super erotic. Yeah, very erotic. Uh, It's working. I'm just saying it's working. Like, I don't think. I think in in several of the dynamics, like like for example, Willie and Wild Bill, I I think that's a beautiful friendship. We're watching them build mm-hmm. over time. I think what we're what we're in with Trapper and Huckleberry is a long term, perhaps decades long term relationship that they are now very comfortable with. Yeah, well, this is like that kind of awkward banner you have, like when you're about to kiss, like when the, both people are still talking, but they've both made the decision they're about to kiss, but but like. There's still just sort of words being tossed out. That's that's what this feels like. It's as soon as the cameras Drunk were off, this was just such tender woodland lovemaking. <laughs> right, so Boone, Boone was out there laying his traps when he felt like he was being watched. He says he came up the holler and looked back, and what he saw was a great big giant wolf standing on its back legs. But there was one thing that stuck out for me about that: hmm. his glowing eyes. Now, his testimony has what is becoming one of my favorite quiet little tropes in this show. People who are outdoorsy or have a military background love to specify distances, right? To say like, oh, he was standing about 30 yards away. Because the average person can't really do that, right? Like, I can't do it. If you have me, if if you ask me, well, how far away was he standing from you? I'll be like, I don't know. 
like I'd say nine where five hundred clicks. Yeah, yeah, like that. But but this guy says, yeah, I saw him. He's about one hundred fifty yards away. He said that because it sounds good. But sure. if you see something a hundred and a football field and a half away in the woods, you are looking at a speck. Like your vision is so to say, like I saw his glowing yellow eyes. He's about 150 yards away. Immediately, it's like such obvious BS. I love it. And we, because we, in a couple episodes earlier, we heard Buck say that he saw the creature about 7,500 yards away. Which yes. means which would mean it was 7,500 clicks. 7,500 like clicks. 4, yeah, which would put it somewhere in Argentina. <laughs> he just said it because in reality, these guys are talking out of their ass. And I love it. This this exchange in particular is wonderful because it's not over when he says, what stuck out for me? First of all, what stuck out for me about this werewolf was his glowing eyes is a great way to start a testimony. Mm-hmm. When Jeff has to be the one that's really aggressively trying to lead him, he says, yeah. his eyes, what was different about them, though? <laughs> he already said they were glowing eyes on a werewolf, and mm-hmm. Jeff's like, yeah, what's weird, though? Yeah, come on, Boone tell says, me weird. Neon yeller, like they was punching holes right through me. <laughs> Jeff has to lead him and he goes, and what was the sound like? Like basically just elbowing him in the yeah. ribs. Like Have we've seen gone Teen over this. Was, was, uh, I liked because he goes, what was the moon like? And the guy immediately answers, oh, it wasn't quite a full moon, which I thought was a weird way to answer. Like, I guess it's sort of, if someone says like, when did you last see your missing wife? And you said, I wasn't the one who killed her. I don't even own an axe. You know, it's like someone has clearly fed him an answer and he's, I, I don't know. Or maybe he, he just assumed it was a werewolf. He's like, you, you're, you're leading me to think it's a werewolf, but he's kind of pretending he doesn't know it's a werewolf yet. He's been, I mean, he's been fed his entire testimony and then he just started digesting it because yeah. now they're like trying to drag it back out of him. <laughs> so Jeff asked him, what was the sound like? And Boone says, howl with a little bit of scream to it. <laughs> and then he follows that up by saying, well, he yelled so hard it rattled my whiskers. And Huckleberry, like, very thoughtfully looks at him and goes, that's pretty hard. It's pretty, that's pretty. I heard some rock and roll, so I do think it was a teen wolf. <laughs> like, like, Huckleberry knows what that means. Like, he has his own yeah. sound measuring system. Like, that's, that's, a, that's pretty loud. That's like 200 and... 17 huckables those are like decibels <laughs> but but me uh so he jeff asked him if it was like would you say he was being territorial like they keep trying to lead him into like very it's the specific most language ever led like they just have to fucking drag every word out of boone this is as we've covered before this is one of the great things about the setup of the show because especially when because i do think some of the witnesses they talk to are people who because they seem to be true believers and in fact kind of seem a little annoyed that they're clearly talking to a stupid show, not a real yeah. not a real show. <laughs> yeah. Um but then when they make up the creature, they obviously have to make up a witness. And as we have speculated, they just pay somebody local not very much money to come out and pretend to be a woodsman, and then they feed them the description. But these people are not trained actors or improvisers, and this show does not do second takes. Yeah. I do more second takes on my TikTok videos than these people do. 
<laughs> Your TikTok videos get 1,900 times the views of this show. Yes, that's true. Your ratings are, <laughs> they can only dream of your ratings. So when they have these witnesses, we've seen before where they've only been able to get like half of the details back out of the witness because they won't do a thing where they stop the cameras like, no, 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 remember, it's whatever. And like the last episode that we did where you had a wolf creature, it was the whole deal was that it was blue. It was the devil dog or whatever. Right. And they could not get the witnesses to remember that the monster is supposed to be blue. <laughs> and they would try, like Jeff would be like, now, could you see what color it was? Like that is kind of dark, just dog colored really. <laughs> because, and they don't have a thing where they will stop and say, no, 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 no. Remember we, we need her to be blue. It's a whole deal. Like that's how they don't do it. And I don't know if they think that would be dishonest, even though they clearly fed them the description. So even right. getting their own description back is such a challenge. And you can see poor Jeff and his heroic efforts to try to like, <laughs> tried so hard, but to lead the witnesses toward the thing we just gave you literally five minutes ago before we turned the camera on. Like, how have you already forgotten half of the description? I feel like this is the worst one. This is the one where he is just pulling teeth. He's like, and now the sound, and now we are going to discuss the unique sound. That you heard. Seems really nervous. Like, not just talking to other people, but cameras, storytelling. Like, this is probably the worst witness we'll ever see on the show. (laughs) He just doesn't want to, he doesn't want to sacrifice his precious trap line. He's compromising it right now. (laughs) People will know where I keep my possums. Uh, so, so Trapper, (laughs) Trapper sends Huckleberry and Buck down to look in the holler. Buck just starts immediately complaining about the short walk, but he is right to. Yeah. Because Huckleberry falls almost immediately, and he calls back up, the terrain in here is really rough. And Trapper says, what's the terrain down like, like down there? Is it pretty rough? <laughs> and Huckleberry responds back, rougher than my grandmother's belly. This was, okay, I, for the listeners at home, I've actually prepared a quiz for this. Do you think uh, this means, A, his grandmother was West Virginia's gravel-eating champion for many years? B, she has dozens of C-section scars from trying to give birth to huckleberry-sized babies with a human-sized birth canal. <laughs> C. She fused with her basement's shag carpet long before investigators found her. Or D. Huckleberry's a fucking idiot, and when he started a sentence, he didn't know the Rolodex of his mind contained no adage for roughness. So, it's B. Submit, <laughs> submit your answers. This is... Uh, the, this is probably becoming my favorite part of this show. And I know that there are seven or eight things that I insist are my favorite part of the show. But the way that these guys who I think are from the area keep scrambling to come up with these old country sayings, but they yeah. don't know any. Because it's clear that they are just cobbling together sentences that when he started saying that, rougher than my grandmother's he, he was <laughs> he going? was throwing down the tracks in front of the train frantically trying to <laughs> and again there's no second takes in the show so rougher than my grandmother's belly is forever canon to the universe i love them so much because they're almost they're, they're close enough to something that a hillbilly might say where you're like i, I don't know what that means but it probably means something but if you it's even a second. If you're not like being chased by a Bigfoot in the moment, your brain immediately is like, wait, hold on. 
Yeah, wait. Wait, hold on. No, that doesn't work. It's rougher than my grandmother's belly. But they all laugh. Uh, then Buck falls immediately after, and he says, There's a mud streak up my ass. And I think it's uh, I think it's it's Jeff that says, That ain't mud. And then Buck says, Well, it ain't mud no more. Now, the implications of this, gentlemen, of this exchange. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, the implications of this. I would like to remind everybody this is not the edge of a cliff. This is a very gentle hill. Mm-hmm. Very gentle hill. He's almost at the bottom of it. The stakes that he would fall, he would fall perhaps perhaps four or five feet, he would roll gently. So it's not that he's scared. There's no fear. He's not saying I shit myself out of fear. He's saying every time I fall down, I shit myself. He had nine cans of SpaghettiOs for breakfast. There's a really good chance he's going to shit himself. I think <laughs> what was funniest to me, I mean, obviously Grandmother's Belly stole the scene, but it was really funny when uh, Huckleberry and Buck both fall down and they're like, you know what this means? The creature must be very agile. <laughs> if he passed through this terrain. <laughs> that's, that's, our, that's our yardstick. These two obese men just uh, unable to navigate this, this incline. It's also Speaking. great that it's treated as a hazing ritual when they send a buck off to, neg- to negotiate this very gentle hill. Because as if you as idiot. if having to walk through the woods is a hilarious, ridiculous right. task to give to the rookie instead of the entire job they're doing, <laughs> which they find great difficulty yeah. in doing. We go to one of my my other favorite bits, which is that they've decided that they have to invent an entirely new system of measurement for every single monster, and this time what they do is they get a stick. Mm-hmm. And they put Huckleberry's hat on it and then hold it up in the air until the witness says, yep, that's yeah. about right. Well, and then they makes bring sense. the stick back and measure it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really like that. Uh, the they use the hat, I think, proved. because uh, distinct headgear is how Virginians identify strangers and unknown beasts. So oh, you're right. If, so they put that hat there so that they would recognize the stick later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was going to different. I thought we were putting it on the werewolf mentally so that he would be like, okay, I know what that is now. <laughs> but you're right. They had to find the stick later. Right. <laughs> well, why would measuring the stick? He held it in the air. Why it's would measuring so, the stick do absolutely? It's so fucking funny. It's also great. Like when they invented a little box and then had Huckleberry put his foot in it and then measured the box. Yes. What the fuck are you trying to do? Because every single time they're trying to make it seem like they're using some expert forensic type measuring cryptid measuring method that at best they always just come back with the exact same measurement they discussed in the truck like yes. it's then that's what happens it's never, seven, eight feet tall. seven feet tall it's never introducing it's not changing the plot or upping the stakes or anything it's always just yeah it's exactly what we thought it just confirms what we said earlier all right nothing has Good changed job. you gotta field test it you can't just google werewolf and be like, oh, he's that tall. You have to send a friend out into the woods, have him hold up a hat, and that's science. And I, yeah, if he was standing there, that hat would be on his head. Thank you. That is correct. I would love it if just once in the course of their measurements of the witnesses, they would find out the creature is much smaller than reported. <laughs> that's about three be. feet oh, no. tall. Yeah, about about a third that. Yeah, no, down lower, lower, lower. What we're dealing with a gremlin. Jeff over there, are you sure? You've got the size right. Yeah, Jeff. What are you going to do? Right. <laughs> Fucking all right. Uh, so we, we go to our first night investigation, which is the next phase of this. Uh, they have Buck take point because he is 
the most agile, I guess, the most resilient, mm-hmm. uh, the most delicious. Who who can tell? <laughs> Trapper says, Buck, you got point. And Huckleberry, you got my back. And he gives Huckleberry a shy smile. And Huckleberry says, you know it. And exchanges that little smile back. I'm not making this up. Yeah, this it's is, a love story. This is Wattpad slash fiction. Like, <laughs> if that existed, and it does, I'm not even joking. Somebody in the Discord found it. There is Wattpad slash fiction about mountain monsters. Oh, no. And it's this. It's exactly this. Uh, yeah, which, by the way, to write that, all they had to do is just literally transcribe an episode. It's the, yes. the least, I think that's all the they least did. amount of effort that they would, anyone would have to put into it. Uh, but another momentous milestone occurs where Trapper mm. says the phrase, we don't know if this is an actual werewolf from 250 years ago or a new creature from today. But that's what yeah, we're right? here to find, trying to find out. So again, the producers on episode 10 said, for nine straight episodes, you've been claiming that people have been citing the creature for 200 years, and then later you would refer to it in the plural. You need to clarify, is this an immortal, magical mm-hmm. being, or is it a species that for some reason we're never finding bones or, or corpses or, or whatever. And yeah, he had a line of dialogue saying, well, that's what we're here to find out. They will not attempt to find that out. No, that's not at all what they're here to find out. It's never no, been they're what they're here, there to find out. It only just They're here to, to quote, kill the son of a bitch, as they're going to say <laughs> a little bit later. It's like, it's like you yourself are sending producer's notes back in time, but you have the settings 10 episodes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you're just trying to help, and they're just like, oh, shit, we got one. We got, we got a parchment note. We're going to address that now. I think uh, what's so, so crazy is that they all hear something in the leaves after just eight feet of noisy tiptoeing, like they just get started and the werewolf is dancing around like 15 feet from them. Well, yes. uh, 750 clicks, I, I think is how you translate that. But uh, this is crazy because it baits them into a deadfall trap. Like they almost fall and then they think the werewolf was trying to lure them in under a fallen tree and the plan for the werewolf was to wait till they get under it and then jump on it. The very classic werewolf gambit. And they're like, God, we almost, we almost fell for it. Well, let's take this step by step. Okay. So first of all, well, first of all, Trapper starts this expedition and he turns to the group and says, folklore has it. This werewolf creature is out for revenge on the Shawnee hunting grounds, period. That's all. As though he is laying down the improv law. Like, like Jeff is gonna, and he attacks my he attacked yeah. my car on the way out here. Yeah. No, he fucking didn't. He didn't marry he's a married, little girl. He's married Jeff. to my wife. Shut no. up, Buck. No. <laughs> he just he does this. A, I only mention it because he does it a couple of times. He's he'll say something and then he'll turn to them and go, period. And then we'll end the scene. Like he's, he's You're right. Just ending. That's him, like just cutting off any improv. <laughs> yeah, he's he's sick of this shit. <laughs> Notice that. So they're out there. Jeff has something on thermal. And they're like, he's right up there on that trail. And this is the night investigation where normally we're like, oh, my God, we got to we got to prepare for this. And what Trapper does is he says, well, then let's get that some bitch right now. Go. And they all blindly charge it, which they don't, which they do in every episode, but not mm-hmm. at this point. So they blindly charge almost to the edge of a canyon. And then, as Sean said, there's a tree trap, a dead right. trap where the werewolf is going has like position somehow a a mostly dead tree and he is on the top of a healthy tree and what he's going to do is jump down and bounce on it like wily e. coyote and kill them all with a tree 
And so he's he's playing their game. And, like, they almost fell for the werewolf trap. God, it was so close. I was really worried for these guys. <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't get them just like the aim screw. He's, he's out there in a testimonial right now being like, by God, those hillbillies know who I am now. And, and they, God, I know a, they exist. That's, what a victory that's what for I the werewolf it would have been if he killed the world's greatest werewolf hunters with, like, their own tool. A poorly made trap. <laughs> a, a log on something else. <laughs> who, could, who could have foreseen I would be killed by my favorite weapon? A log on something uh, else. So to send another producer's note back in time by a decade, let me say, each time they do try to explain away while why they're able to find the creature within four minutes of entering the woods. Mm-hmm. And like in this case, they're like, well, you know, the word is he hunts the Shawnee Trail. And so they're explaining like, well, we know where he's seen. It's always in this one spot. So if we go there and get out of our golf carts, we should see him within five or ten minutes. Sure. Obviously, (laughs) the problem this presents is why don't you have thousands of sightings and cell phone videos of this thing if if its appearance is so predictable? We know exactly when it appears and where it appears. Why would there not be 200 people there with their cell phones waiting to capture this mythical werewolf on video to upload to TikTok or whatever they had the equivalent was in 2013? Um, Vine. Yeah, yeah, Vine uploaded to Vine. And I, I love it because it's kind of like one of my favorite tropes from movies. And you kind of see a version of this in like those Da Vinci Code movies. But it's where, or in like National Treasure... It's where there's a code they're trying to solve, but it's one right. of those codes where it's just like a, a letter replacement, but it's a code yeah. that supposedly is like 2,000 years old and no one has ever solved it. And it's like, <laughs> Apple. but they say, they say that the treasure is hidden in the city of E-M-O-R. Wait a second. <sighs> That could be Rome spelled backward. It's like, and the, the, the premise is like for 2000 years, no one else has ever, yeah. has ever figured that. Well, it's kind of the same thing here. It's like, we're the first people to ever drive here, ask a local, get this famous piece of folklore, and then go stand in the spot to, right. to witness this creature. No that ever thought of this. Yeah. For, this exact two, trail that is part of his folklore. 250 years, we're the first people to put out this level of effort. I'd love it. <laughs> Speaking of zero levels of effort, the werewolf then howls, and I laughed for I want to say three straight minutes. Uh it's I, I wanna I wanna picture it. Uh it's not a monster roar, it's not a big dog howl. Like picture a hound dog howl howl, only picture it being done by one of the production staff. Right. Because it's just a guy going, ow! Uh, okay, that see you're criticizing. I brought up in previous episodes that when they were hunting a dog or wolf type creature, the growl they used would be like a lion growl, like a jungle mm-hmm. cat growl. So they took your note. So it's like, no, it should be like a dog howl, which you should find on their CD of Halloween sound effects. There should be like a werewolf howl on there. That should be one of the standard sounds. Apparently mm. not. Taylor, it's harder to do than what I'm giving them credit for, (laughs) but they did at least try to say, no, this is like a canine type creature. It should have a howl, not a growl. They sort of took your note, but then they used the same guy that made the Yahoo sound. Like they've got, 
they've got like a hillbilly Michael Winslow out there, like just <laughs> okay. Just making- we we keep speculating <laughs> other members of the crew when it is clearly one of them right. doing it. It's, it's <laughs> which I don't know if this is Wild Bill or it's one of these guys. It's Buck. It's Buck. <laughs> I think it's Buck. Trapper hears this, and he turns back to face the unforgiving knight, and he says, Howl at me, you son of a bitch, howl! <laughs> Fucking he- Captain Ahab moment. <laughs> <laughs> he speaks uh, werewolf well enough to know that he's pissed. Like, he's like, oh, oh he, you, he's pissed. And he <laughs> and is, they all agree. He is saying that to a 250-year-old Indian chief who yes. was murdered by Out white settlers yes. and is trying to get revenge. So Jeff has it on thermal again. It's barely a blotch, barely moving, but it's enough to cut to commercial and do a full recap of everything we've done to this point. And now we, when we come back, he zooms in on the blotch, and we should not have done that because we can see, uh, it's just, it's a, it's like a guy. It's a yeah. middle-aged man on his hands and knees. I think you can see his ponytail or top knot. I think it's Willie. I think it's Willie out there, like maybe shirtless, crawling around on that rock. Yeah. Well, okay, let's, uh, it might be footage of an actual werewolf uh, after he'd like transformed back into a 250-year-old reincarnated Indian chief or a grouchy European tourist, depending on which investigator you ask. Uh, But it's clearly just a man on all fours. (laughs) Couldn't be more clear. (laughs) You should not have shown us that. Why did you show us that? No one anywhere on the planet would say it's anything other than that. Like that's a man crawling around. On a thermal camera. I shared a still of this with the, <coughs> the guys in, in our in the Big Feet's corporate Slack. If we, we may want to include that in the post with this because we don't do posts oh, anymore. Okay. There's too much. There's too much comedy. All too right. much comedy. Uh, we now just do a little announcement. But we'll we'll share it with the Discord. So if you want to see uh <laughs> Willie's naked torso in, in infrared, come join our Discord. <laughs> 1900hotdog.com. Willie's naked flesh on, only on our Discord. Uh, Trapper says, they find scratches on this rock, and Trapper says, Huh, let me tell you what this is. This right here is the some bitches howling rock. Right here, we got it. Right here is where he howled from. As though, like, fucking love this. As though this is part of the werewolf legend. Like, they have a special rock a for special howling. Rock. Now, and that's where they're weakest, I guess. Here's a great moment here because Buck instantly recognizes this as the perfect place for a trap. And that's why I think he won't be a rookie for much longer because this is some veteran monster hunting instincts here. We got his howling rock. He has to come back to get this. <laughs> he can't find another one. I'm like, good show today, Buck. Young fella. <laughs> and Trapper does it again. He turns to them and goes, trap's going here, period. And then we cut out of that scene really quick. Like, <laughs> the, I... Again, as I have probably said, I've definitely said it in person to you guys. I don't know if I've said it on the show before. If I could pay a certain amount of money to watch an episode of this show being filmed, just like hang, hang out with the crew, mm-hmm. I would sell my house. Like whatever whatever <laughs> amount of money they charged, I would find a way to – I would borrow it. I would find a way to do it because I am so desperate to know their process. I know they are very – short on time to, to shoot this. As mm-hmm. we have speculated, they shoot in the weekend. That's why they have exactly two days to solve every problem. They all have jobs, <laughs> yeah. or some of them have jobs they have to get back to. The improv is not clearly a Curb Your Enthusiasm type thing, where they sit around beforehand and say, okay, at the end of the scene, 
we need to it needs to end with Larry storming off angry no roadmap and with her having taken the vase out of his house like and then you improvise to as long as it arrives there and it's funny you've you've done it they clearly don't do that because the decision to declare this rock to be his howling rock (laughs) based on some scratches they found on it it's like a the, the deductions are a an animal has been here. B, the animal is specifically their werewolf. C, the animal uses this rock to howl. D, the animal only uses this its designated howling rock as if – and so E, that that is an established thing that werewolves have, even though there are no other werewolves that we've ever discussed – yeah, like if a werewolf is having an argument with another werewolf, they're like, nope, nope, this is not the place for it. And they go down go to the that. Howling Rock. Work it out on the Howling Rock. I'll get on my Howling Rock, which is 200 miles away. I know it's inconvenient. So if you but we can only have follow one. the chain of assumptions somewhere around the letter Q, it's therefore he will be back here and will approach it from this side. And so yep. if we put a trap right here, he will fall into it. And And everyone agrees. That is unassailable. <laughs> so it's time to jump yeah, to Wild Bill and Willie's Crackhead Trap Shack to design this trap to put at the Howling Rock. Uh, everybody's hanging out waiting for them. We tease uh, Trapper's Toothache. He's, oh, the old jaw. And he, he pulls out some moonshine. But then they, they're they reflecting Trapper, apropos of nothing. He's like, remember Wild Bill and his grandma-mobile? Uh, if you missed that episode uh, a while back, Wild Bill had the audacity to drive up in like a an SUV and they made fun of him nonstop and he, he yeah. really took it personal. And then he, Trapper explains, Willie told me last week he drove his grandmother's vehicle. Uh, and Trapper, Trapper, like they flash back to the car and Trapper says, can you imagine U.S. Marine Corps in Grandma Mobile? <laughs> and then, like just really driving this home. And then there's flash, there's thrashing guitars, there's flying gravel, there's a roaring engine. Wild Bill comes hurtling up on the definition of insecurity, a brand new pickup truck with a hasty lift kit. He has taken this so personally yeah. that he demanded they do an entire redemption bit just so he could pull up in his real cool truck. With he the Chevy logo blurred out. <laughs> they can't, they don't want anything to do with this. Well, Bill hops out and says, what do you think about that old grocery getter now? Huh. Trapper says, what happened to the granny mobile? And Wild Bill explains, traded her in for old... Huh. Bear dozer. Bear dozer. Bear dozer. So so he traded it in, thereby tacitly admitting it was not his grandmother's right. car. That was his car. And it bugged him. Also further implying it bugged him so much that he just spent thousands of dollars to redeem himself for it. I. It's crazy they keep trying to emasculate Wild Bill because he could kill the main crew before they could even turn their torsos to see what was happening. <laughs> I think he probably mines that all the time. Like, yeah. he has drills where he just walks up and, like, drags a finger across Buck's throat. He's like, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, there's- Fucking nobody can sleep when he's around. I This one I'm about to say might be insulting. Yes, prior to now, I assumed that the show Mountain Monsters did actually not play a major role in these guys' lives. That it was just kind of a thing they did on the weekends every once in a while, <laughs> and that they're not getting paid anything for it substantial, that they've all got either other jobs or something to occupy their time. 
So the idea that like him getting clowned on the show for his vehicle, that that would motivate him to trade it in. That that actually kind of changed changes my whole thinking about this. That that this is that he's like haunted by what happened in the last Mountain Monsters shoot. <laughs> I think that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Only of Wild Bill so far. I think Wild Bill has just it hurt him. It, he broke character completely when they made fun of him like that. He just got real timid. It's true. He's like, well, it's my grandma's car. It's my grandma's car. And he didn't want to. He didn't want any part of that bit. And he now he wants to do his redemption bit. So he's there describing how tough his new truck looks. He says, the big brawl look like I am big brawl. It's a brawl truck. And then Willie rolls up in an excavator to dig this hole. And everybody makes fun of him because Willie has a bigger truck now. And Wild mm-hmm. Bill says, huh, thought I had one up on old Willie. Makes my big mud truck look like a bug- bubba gup machine. And then they viciously mock him some more. And then he very sadly says, man, I'm getting a double dose of her. <laughs> Which, again, makes no sense. This is not Willie's personal vehicle. He has rented an excavator on probably someone else's credit card. He did not. Yeah, he's driven like a a construction equipment. Yeah, but it's not his. Like, in what sense did he one up Wild Bill's uh, truck? (laughs) He's not driving an excavator around town. I don't know, but Wild Bill is the next episode. He's going to roll up in, in in like a decommissioned tank or something. He's just this is, this is this is how you get to him. This is how you just poke at his masculinity right in the raw nerve. But Wild Bill of this team is the king of begetting sentences with no concept of where they're going to end. Yeah, because it makes my big mud truck look like a bubblegum machine. Is a spectacular sentence which again i love to imagine being on set and someone like cut bill do, <laughs> what do you want to you want to try again it's like no no go on keep going this it's 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 all gas no brakes we only go forward and what's a what's a bubble gum machine to you nice. like a like a machine that chews bubble gum i guess but, uh, <laughs> uh, so now they're explaining the trap and I want everybody to stay with me Trapper says what I'm thinking about here is a rock pit trap 2,500 pound 3,000 pound rock on a deadfall trigger gonna fall on him in the pit hold on Trapper tells Buck to get the pliers and he rips his own tooth out uh, and then spits a bunch of blood this is <laughs> this is not this is crazy for the listeners at home, this is not an effect. They didn't fake it. Uh, I 100% believe he pulled his own tooth and then spat because he spat blood afterward. It was totally uncensored. I feel like that was, I, I feel it's as believable as the werewolf because these are slip joint players. I don't think it's the right tool for the job. I just liked whether it's true or not. I love the tone of it. I like, I like, cause this is the 10th episode and all we've seen these obese guys do is waddle around hiking trails and get defeated by shadows. So it's important to remind viewers that like, like these guys don't give a shit. These guys are from the woods and they treat their toothaches with pliers and moonshine. And, um, anyway, I, I liked it, whether it's true or not. He, I didn't buy it. He literally says, we don't go to the damn dentist in West Virginia. We take care of it ourselves. And right. But then he looks to wild bill for confirmation. He's like, well, Bill, what are you doing? Wild Bill goes, I go to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, he goes, I go to the dentist. I got it pulled out. Was whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> yeah. All right. But in his, in his talk, the last thing, Wild Bill has one tooth, if we haven't explained that, like yeah. one visible tooth. 
the last thing he should say is, I go to the dentist. Yeah. You should say, I let methamphetamines do natural selection for me, so only the strongest teeth remain. <laughs> but what he says is, straight to drive, I go to the fucking dentist, you psychopath. Yeah. What are you doing? It might not be a dentist. It might just be a strange tooth collector that lives next door that says, <laughs> hi, I'm a dentist. Can I have your teeth? Oh, you sure can. I tell you what, make my whole mouth look like <laughs> a home machine. You got from me, though, and I'm not going to make it easy. If, if we ha- game is afoot. The game is afoot. If, if we if we have listeners from Europe or from very far away from West Virginia, there are many many dentists in West Virginia. Yes, people go to the dentist. This is they are playing on a stereotype that not even people from there, not even people who hate the people from there, would would claim that no one in West Virginia goes to the dentist. And then earlier says, "Yeah, I'm going to deal with this the West Virginia way by drinking moonshine." Which again, in like eight, 1854, that would have been a right, thing to so say. This, is, yeah. this takes place in 2013. I would feel if I wrote that into a story and the, the character was an 1850s prospector, I'd be like, that's a little on the nose. So also, if we have listeners in Europe, don't bring your fucking werewolves over here. It's an invasive yeah. species. The, the environment can't contain it. So... Uh, Willie is carefully explaining the trap. He's carefully explaining a uh, rock over hole. And, and what he, he says to him is, I'm going to put a rock over the hole, but it's on a stick. <laughs> and that's the end of the explanation. I love this that's trap. The, that's the trap. It's, it's, it's like how you'd catch a cartoon rabbit. Like if you fell in this trap on a hike, it would be the fifth thing you'd list about your day. You'd get home and be like, oh, I made it this beautiful waterfall. I, I saw Swainson's warbler. Oh, oh yeah, I fell in this uh, werewolf trap. I kind of got my shirt a little dirty when I squeezed my way out of this totally ineffectual trap. Uh, he even explains that the hole needs to be eight feet deep for a creature oh, that they've exactly. already established is eight feet tall. Eight feet so tall. Again, right. And if we haven't harped on it enough, uh, one of the things that they've established about the werewolf's abilities uh, is that he's incredibly fast, incredibly agile, and he can he has like super powerful legs because he has these tiny like feet, but he ma- manages to like just book ass. So, mm-hmm. but he has, I guess, a zero inch vertical jump. And cannot raise his arms up and Above pull him. himself up out of out of a trap because again they always estimate that the creatures they're hunting have the same athletic ability as themselves so they're like well <laughs> like, you know, if you put me in a, in a five and a half foot deep hole i'm not getting out of there in a hundred years so surely this right. this 250 year old immortal magical uh, creature that cannot die uh that that weighs what, what they say 400 pounds it's a eight feet eight feet tall it's not going to get out from that that hole before the <laughs> rock closes it yeah. If I was in a hole, I'd be like, if only I had the digging abilities of an eight-foot dog. <laughs> which, which, spoilers, which? <laughs> spoiler alert, uh, I love that, oh, we'll get to that, I'm getting ahead. All right, so we're digging the hole, Wild Bill, as Wild put, Bill puts it, gotta get that old Mr. Werewolf contained in a round, circular thing in the ground. He doesn't know he the forgot word. the oh, word for hole. <laughs> so Willie drives in with the excavator, and Wild Bill gets uh, to what I believe we are politely going to call rambunctious. He gets uh, a little too rambunctious, and he he smokes way too much rambunk, and he climbs the arm of this excavator <laughs> while Willie is digging with it. So it's bucking him up and down, and Wild Bill goes yeehaw like riding the old bill, brother, like riding the old bull, brother. Oh god. Because he just bashed his fucking head in on a tree branch. Yeah. And he's now really hurt. And his next words are, I'm getting down. I'm getting down. 
there's moments like that where you're like, they're the only people out here. This there's no union crew, of course, but like there's not someone there for first aid. Like this is just maniacs in the woods. And yeah, a, this is a Jackie Chan guy. set. This is absolutely a Jackie Chan set where like if you die, the best you hope is to make the blooper reel at right. the end. Because like, if you were there's any doubt, Wild Bill climbing on top of the active excavator arm, bashing his skull in, and then like dizzily climbing down from it while Willie is still he doesn't stop digging. Yeah. He keeps digging as he's trying to like concuss trying to climb his way down. You're like, nobody's there's no adults. There's no adults here. <laughs> And uh, at some point in that, and all that he says, get old Mr. Werewolf in that hole. See how he likes to taste of one of these big old silver bullets right in the old gizzard. <laughs> they do not have so silver, silver bullets, they don't by have the way. They, they've bullets. not. No. That's no. just something he improvised. Sometimes uh, Wild Bill, again, the, prior to now, they've said things like, let's get that son of a bitch and charged off with their shotguns into the darkness. Yeah, it's the first time they've said that their goal is to put a bullet in its head and kill this 250-year-old Indian chief. Uh, and then later, they're going to have to try to clarify that because they, Wild Bill went off went off script a little bit there. It said we're going to put a fucking bullet in his brain. <laughs> <laughs> so... So they dig this little five-foot hole. Uh, Wild, as, as if to prove Jason's theorem, Wild Bill climbs in it and then tries to... It's only five feet at this point. He tries to climb out using a vine like Tarzan, and Willie's like, take my hand, Bill. Bill's like, no, I got it, I got it. One comedic beat before it snaps, and he disappears into the hole going, <laughs> and then just fucking falls on his head. <laughs> so now he's climbing out again. Very embarrassed and timid, like he was when they made fun of his car. He's like, I'll get out. I'll get out. I'm climbing out. And then as soon as he's back on solid ground, he goes, how was that? Oorah! <laughs> it wasn't fucking I gotta crazy. say, it wasn't great. Just seeking the approval of his dead father so hard. <laughs> it's just, he's developing into the best, most flawed character where yeah. you know exactly why he behaves the way he does. Yeah. And what's, it just... I'm starting to understand. Used Willie's hand, fell on his head, was so <laughs> embarrassed about embarrassing himself in front of his friend, and then just like way, way hard making up for it. I'm a Marine. Hoorah. <laughs> At least classic. he got the hoorah right this time. Uh, a couple episodes ago, he said hoorah, yeah, which is hoorah. more of an army thing. <laughs> All right. So we're visiting our second eyewitness. The whole team rolls up in their little forest golf cart, groaning about the ride. Our new guy is Hank, who introduces himself like this. I'm Hank. What's his fucking uh, normie ass Hank gear? Is Hank uh, has Hank has a modest cowboy hat and a white windbreaker, like he has a fucking checking account. <laughs> I've got to tell you, when they are pulling up in their golf cart, they cut to Hank's reaction, and I think you can it. capture an expression on his face of, "Oh, I was told this was like a real." Sh- documentary or something <laughs> i was assured i would be treated with dignity I gentlemen he, i can see by this golf cart full of full of full of hillbillies that is not the case he's got video or something i think this might be a guy who claimed to have video of a cryptid or something and they had like well do you want to tell your story on tv and he i feel like the camera catches That's the possible, moment yeah. when he realizes Oh no. Oh, no. I'm going to look like I'm in a clown show today. I'm going I, to look like an idiot. My favorite thing about Hank, other than uh, he looks like uh, Curious George's 
owner. He looks like Aryan George's owner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he gives a very, very long excuse for why he had a video camera, which I found as suspicious as anything on the show. He's just like, okay, so I was filming now. The reason I was filming, and he gives a long speech about how he had some contractors out and blah, 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 before and after. It takes him like 45 seconds to explain why he was filming and how he got footage of this werewolf. This is another tradition, though. They are like, for some reason, they feel the need, every single person feels the need to explain why they would possibly be filming a werewolf. Mm -hmm. Like, I saw a werewolf and I took my camera out. Because that's a fucking werewolf. It's not good enough. Like, you've got to have a backstory. And I don't know why that is. But yeah, Hank says they're putting a gas line on his property. He was out here to, like, record the before so that he could make sure the after looked Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And that's when he and his son driving by in their little forest golf cart caught the image of the werewolf. And his son knew exactly. It was like, oh, my God, that's a werewolf immediately, as though he encounters it all the time. And Hank's theory is that the gas line... Like, putting the gas line is what disturbed this werewolf from, I guess it's implied, his slumber? So Hank is inventing his own lore. He's yeah. got a different lore for the werewolf that they that they just are like, yeah, no, it's not. It's an, We're doing an Indian thing. We think he's a reincarnated <laughs> Indian. Is this footage is doing. pretty convincing, though. Like, uh, this is actual footage of an eight-foot wolfman. I challenge any gorilla suit or large blanket salesman to dispute it. <laughs> it's. A, I thought it was just a bear. I thought they just had a. It looks look like a bear to me. I mean, it's, obviously, it's very. It's, it's a brown. It's spot. very poor quality it video. Is. It's just a brown lump moving behind some. It's partially obstructed. I just thought it was just a bear. Could be. Trapper says, "As we're what I what I love about this is Trapper says you were within five feet of him, but he says this as we're looking at the footage where he's clearly like 200 feet away from <laughs> Yeah, speeding like by him in a barely, car. You can barely see it. You're just... <laughs> you drove by a, a blanket. I'm You're lucky to be alive. And not, right now. not to put too fine a point on it, uh, this is the second witness who has depicted... The first guy saw the werewolf 150 yards away. Minding its own business, hurting no one. This guy drove past it while it was just chilling in the woods, yeah. not eating something, not chasing them, not eating a person, not fleeing a, you know, a, a house where everyone had been slaughtered. Just chilling, just hanging out like like a deer or anything else would. Just not just kind of lazily wandering around, you know, happy in nature, at one with with the world, and uh, not not interfering with anybody's business. And not frightening anyone or threatening anyone or. If you're trying to talk me out of not uh, out of killing it, uh, it's not going to work. When, I'm killing that thing again. They could have had their witness say anything, anything. I'm going to fucking eat it. It could have been like I'm going to eat it like Wild Bill. Yeah, I can't. I came home and saw that there had been there were there were four dead women in in the farmhouse. They had all been <laughs> they had all been assaulted in the most gr- grotesque way, and I. Followed yeah, a trail of their blood out to that spot, and that's where I captured this video of the. That's a better story, but, but no. <laughs> Imagine if they said that one time; it would be the best episode they've ever made. <laughs> See, this is why you could never be on set; you would ruin the show completely. Yeah, <laughs> your notes, your notes have to get there one at a time, scattered across the Chronoverse, just like <laughs> drifting to them out of time, <laughs> so that they can do one at a time. Uh, so we cut to Wild Bill and Willie's crackhead trap shack. Uh, Willie, Willie has this like stealth, unappreciated madness where he will like turn to the camera and with just 
blankness in his eyes and all sincerity in his voice explain the situation. And what he says this time is, Trapper and the team found this huge rock, which is the werewolf's howling rock. He's known to get on top of this rock and howl on the full moon of the night. <laughs> Fucking mental ass sentence. God. Just says that without, I, I don't think he blinks. Like he, he yeah. believes that entirely. It's, it's like a grandpa, like trying to understand his grandson's Pokemon cards. He's just like, <laughs> so, okay. So War Turtle is the evolution of, of Squirtle. <laughs> and then him ex- him explain him explaining that later. Now <laughs> to you to you in all seriousness, just unblinking. Uh, Willie once again explains his his fucking his acme ass trap, his baby's first acme ass coyote trap. Big stick on rock fall. Uh, Wild Bill, his job was to get the rock, and Wild Bill very proudly says that big old rock I found gonna be Mister Werewolf's tombstone. Then he hops in the hole and is nearly killed by the rock. <laughs> it is then, incredibly dangerous what they're yeah. what they're doing. Holy like shit. it is now the okay. The 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 issue with the rock it touches on kind of what I talked about earlier, where when anytime they get into the size and weight of things, they will use wild estimates that are always grotesquely wrong. So th- they decided that the rock that will, the big flat rock that will act as the lid to their trap, where it's just a pit, a rock propped up with a, just a stick. They talk about wanting a 2,000 pound rock, then a 2,500 pound rock, then they will say a 3,000 pound rock. Later, they will settle on it being two tons, 4,000 pounds. Now, this rock is not a 4,000 pound rock. It's very heavy. I, I because they they need like their equipment to move it. it. It's it's hundreds of pounds. Clearly not four thousand pounds. It is plenty big enough to kill them. It is sure. precariously. Especially if you put your pro- skull underneath it. What's that? Which is exactly what he does. It, it is precariously propped up on this rotten log, and they're climbing underneath it. But the only thing between themselves and eternity is the stick. That they've already established, they've set it up to be on like a hair trigger. That if you just nudge it, it will collapse and and kill whatever happens. If you're halfway out of it, it will just crush your head. Like some of the other traps they've made are very fragile and silly. This rock is just a straight up rock. It will kill you. Wild Bill does say like after he hears a twitch, he's like, oh, I almost got killed there. So then what happens <laughs> next is Willie gets in the hole. With him and almost all is almost also killed by the rock. Like this was I, fucking I, I've made fun of them a few times for being like, if your guns were loaded, you would be dead. This is the closest I've rocks. ever seen someone come to death and not die. Maybe <laughs> just this. I was joking be- earlier about how it'd be easy to get out of the trap, but like I'm not talking about like being stuck in a hole with a, a wide open space above you. I'm like this. This rock falling on you would kill you. Yes, it would absolutely. And Willie was completely fucking around underneath it. <laughs> it's, it's astonishing. He might be immortal, just yeah. like by, by like whatever. If you eliminate all the wild possibilities, the only thing left is that you cannot kill this man because he should be dead. <laughs> if this show had oh, any uh, kind of oversight, the lawyers would think you were kidding if you showed them this. They'd be like, <laughs> you, "You're no. What's the real trap? What the fuck? What's the real set?" <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh what's holding that up oh it's just the stick the stick okay shut it down shut it all it's, down yeah. you can't do this <laughs> absolutely not 
<laughs> yeah, I know that in the in the fiction of the show that it's just a stick holding it up. But how are you holding it up as the production? Do you have cables? Like, no, no, no. It's it's a stick. It's like stick. we said. What are you talking about? We just said yeah. it's a Wild stick. Bill set it up. <laughs> Wild Bill built it. And then and then Willie also gets in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now it's so fucking crazy. We get to my favorite moment of this episode because. Somebody has watched the footage from earlier where Wild Bill said, we're going to get this thing in the hole and we're going to put a silver bullet in its brain and said, (laughs) no, you got to understand the world is woke now in 2013. We can't say things like that about the spirit of a murdered Indian chief from 250 years ago. And instead of giving him a script of something else, like we have to explain that we're not here to do that. We're here to do blank but of course in none of these episodes do they know blank that that, like that step of what they're going to do and they catch it it is it is decided that it is part of the show that they never know they are they are a dog chasing a garbage truck they do not know (laughs) what they're going to do if they catch this thing so they but but the way this production works is it's okay wild bill we of course cannot cut that line from the episode that's ridiculous to even suggest it so what we need you to do is go on camera and correct what you said earlier. But they, of course, do not tell Wild Bill what to say. This is That's not how the show works. So it's like, you, we're trusting you as an improviser to say something that makes sense. And Wild Bill says, we get this werewolf in this year trap. We're going to educate him a little bit. We don't want to hurt him by no means. We just want to hold him there till we get there. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna trap him so we can educate him a little bit. And if that's not slang for just beat the shit out of him, we're, what else could like, it be? Like you're gonna go in there and punch him in the what, fucking stomach. What is the most good faith interpretation? Now, obviously, the <laughs> listeners are saying, Jason, when Wild Bill began his sentence, he did not know what he himself was going to say until sure. he arrived at that moment. This that he was as surprised as anyone that this popped out of his mouth. <laughs> but still, it is now part of the part of the canon of the show that their plan was to trap it under a, a four thousand pound rock in a hole. This two hundred fifty year old immortal magical wolf creature mm-hmm. so they could educate him a little bit what <laughs> Just teach him to read what tangibly does that look like in the imaginations of these men <laughs> i'm telling you it looks like it looks like willie is gonna have the werewolf's arms locked behind his back while they each take turns punching him in the stomach <laughs> <laughs> like they're just gonna just gonna rough him up so he knows not to come back here and then Huckleberry's uh, going to milk them until they got a nice sample for science. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, look, I, I know. <laughs> I, I know I am beating a dead horse here. But to access the creature, they have to lift the 4,000-pound rock off the uh-huh. trap, which can only be done with their excavator. So now that they've got it trapped in the hole and it's down there scratching and howling, trying to get out, and they're going to come educate it. The first thing they got to do is drive the backo in if, or go rent it again. I assume they've had to return it. Yeah. Go sure. go borrow Trapper's credit card, rent the backo, come back, and then lift the thing, the, the rock up in such a way 
that the 400-pound, 8-foot-long, unkillable 250-year-old werewolf does not leap out and just murder them all. You just need to lift it enough to get a few encyclopedias in there. <laughs> and a flashlight. I think you just need to lift it enough <laughs> yeah. so that somebody could like kneel down and pee in there. I think like maybe that's <laughs> just show them who's boss. We're gonna make know? that werewolf a tour. <laughs> uh, so it's it's time to it's time to go back to uh, to the the third eyewitness. Uh, this is Gunner. Gunner mm-hmm. is a hunter. He has pictures from his trail cams. He has un- his, uh, an unmarked gray baseball cap. If you're trying to identify him later. <laughs> <laughs> you you need the headgear, otherwise you'll, there's no way to tell these people apart. Uh, he's got the trail cams on the old Shawnee hunting trail, uh, which does look a lot like an ATV trail to me, a city slicker. Yeah. Uh, he brings out his glossy 8x10 headshots of the werewolf, which they all have, like, and I love. These are all, like, straight from his 1970s darkroom. Like, these are <laughs> these, these glossy... Eight by tens. It's it's <laughs> unusual. A lot, of pro- a lot of production value. You could you could put these in like a portfolio and show them <laughs> to a casting director uh, if you really wanted the part as a as a werewolf model. But the photos are full is, werewolf, no question. I think this is a Photoshop because it looks like they took the exact CGI model they made, put it in the photo, and then hit blur like eight hundred yeah, times. Hit the blur tool a few times. Uh, yeah, this one's probably just a Photoshop. It might even just be like sort of some bushes and lights that look kind of like a werewolf head. And they're like, all right. There's no one thing is for sure. It is not proof of anything. Uh, but it's enough to go to the commercial on the CGI model roaring and coming back where Tra- Trapper establishes once again. Remember, it's the full moon. He appeared here one month ago. This is like, this is a thing we start doing. I think we've been doing for a little bit. We re. We have almost a thesis to an episode, and what we're going to do is try over and over again to prove something that we mentioned in the very first sentence. And in this case, it's werewolves like the moon. Right. We were told that immediately. I believe the first line of the episode, werewolves like the moon. He's going crazy for the moon. And now we have mentioned it every single time. Now, now, when did you see him? Was it a month ago? (laughs) Huh. On the full moon. I believe, gentlemen, werewolves might like the moon. Like. It's all I don't know why we're trying to prove it. Yeah, like the stuff that we just take absolutely for given, they're constantly trying to prove. Like, it, <laughs> like, it's the, like when they see a, a picture of the werewolf, it's like, didn't you guys just like see this? The, you, go, you, you were hunting him just last night. You found his howling rock, and now you're like, my God, this could be evidence of a werewolf. <laughs> right. That's, that's what's so funny about because the structure of the show logically should be first half, they talk to people. Hit your witnesses one after another with escalating evidence. This guy just yeah. saw it. This guy has a photo. This guy has video. Second half of the episode, we go hunt it. And so you escalate. And instead, it's we, <laughs> we, we talk to this guy. He saw it. We go. We are almost killed by the werewolf. We barely escaped. Right. It was five feet in front of us. Now let's go to talk to this guy who thinks he saw it one time. And then let's talk to this other guy who's got a blurry photo. It's like, man, I think it's like you saw it from closer than what this guy was. And Jeff marries it for two years. This trail camera is nothing now. Like this is, there should be a scene where this guy approaches them with like his trail camera photos. And they're like, 
what what are we supposed to do with this? We we were <laughs> the fuck out we of here. smelled it last night. Like it, <laughs> it it tried to drop a log on us. <laughs> we the things it did to Huckleberry, he's never gonna be the same. Why are you wasting <laughs> wasting our time with this? We we showed up here today and instantly were attacked by it. You want us to be impressed that your trail camera picked up a blurry photo? Get out of here. It was only Doc that saved our life. He jumped on its back, strangled it nearly to death. Oh, that wasn't a big God, what would we do with that Doc? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we go back to uh, Wild Bill and Willie's crackhead trap shack. Uh, the crew all whistle and admire this, a hole with a rock and a stick on it. I don't think it's supposed to be sarcastic, but it does scan that way. You guys Trapper had says, to have noticed this, but Willie spends a lot of the scene leading his whole fucking weight on this trap. Like, we were talking about how, like, delicate it was, but he is fully just leaning on it like he's forgotten this is a delicate trap set to go off with a hair trigger. Got faith in his handiwork. Yeah. Uh, Trapper emphasizes that. He says, if the Webster werewolf drops a fart in there, it's going to go off. And again, I don't know if they're making fun of Willie or if they genuinely love this, especially when Trapper looks at him and goes, perfect trap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just Surely that has to be a burn. Uh, Wild Bill has the bait. He he tells us some more uh, werewolf lore. He says, everybody knows werewolves love chickens. Yeah. I. <laughs> that's another thing that's great about this show is that they go wildly from I'm quite an expert on this subject to I'm just now hearing for the first time about a werewolf in West Virginia. Uh, so. <laughs> he loves chicken. What happens that then uh, Huckleberry very quietly and shyly says, Bill's a chicken choker. It got such a laugh. It's such a Beavis and Butthead thing to it's say. It's so great. Nowhere. There's a there's a weird thing where he uh, explains that like he got the dead chickens from a chicken farmer and they just like happened to be dead. And he explains like that this just is something that happens all the time. They just fucking die. And I, like I might have mentioned this before, but I grew up on two different chicken farms. And this is not my experience. I honestly think finding two uneaten chickens dead from unknown causes should concern a chicken farmer. Uh, I just think Huckleberry didn't want to say, I strangled these birds to death at the flea market and they made me buy them. <laughs> right, like they killed these birds, but they're yeah. like, you, you can't tell them that. Weird well, excuse for having two dead chickens is all I'm saying. Committed. It was a, it was a suicide pact for these chickens. Uh, and... One of them just couldn't live with it anymore, and the other couldn't live without the other chicken. So we're in luck. Another note that we've made it to episode 10 without uh, having to address. I am 100% certain they will address this in a future episode. Although, if I remember when we watched episodes from like season six, they had, but maybe they will. Uh, that, of course, they've established that this trap will go off at the touch of a feather. And mm -hmm. there are two chickens dead chickens at the bottom of it which would in theory attract every animal in the woods that every eats meat every coyote yep. every everything uh, as for why it would only attract the werewolf as unspoken we keep thinking that they will eventually have some sort of lore like oh it's 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 only attracted to the smell of blood a bloody cloth that's been left in the moonlight for 25 hours like something something that would yeah. only attract the werewolf because again obviously you set this thing up, you're going to catch something probably very, very soon. But, you know, the odds of it being... A wild yeah, bill. But, yeah. <laughs> I love chicken, too. I, I forgot to mention that. Everybody knows wild bills love chicken. I didn't Google if Shawnee Indians are vegetarians. That'd be really funny if they were. 
<laughs> the one thing it doesn't work. <laughs> gotta, put some, gotta put some leaves in there. I don't know. I don't know what they eat. Uh, so we go to the night hunt, and uh, Team A, they split into their two teams. Team A is Trapper, Huck, and Willie. Team B is uh, Wild Bill, Buck, and Jeff. You know the plan. It's the same plan every time. Both teams run a pincer movement on a monster that yep. is way smarter than the pincer movement. <laughs> There's uh, something they did here. I don't know if they've done before where he goes, lock and load. And then they added an ADR effect of guns reloading. Yeah. So they lock and load. Yeah. You're not. If you trust these men with bullets. bullets. Yeah. Buck, I don't think he's ever uh, shot a rifle. He's like sticking his fingers in the gun. He's using it as a walking stick. He's, it's just <laughs> this, of, it's just this object he's like fiddling with. Sticks. They like sweep their barrels across each other. Like they point yeah, their guns so at each times. other constantly. It, if you're it, someone, it makes me so. It makes my skin crawl. Yeah. If I would love to just put like put just die and give them all squirt guns and then tell them to film an episode <laughs> and then at the end like show them their shirts and be like, okay, here's where you died. Here's where you died. Here's where you died. Yeah, you have to understand, if you grew up with guns, as I think both me and Sean did, I think I first fired a gun when I was five. I first owned a gun when I was eight. Like I'm from that part of, uh, part of the country where we just always had guns in the house. I still have guns in the house that I've not shot in a long, long time. But you get to where you can spot any movie or whatever where they're practicing very poor gun safety because you just instinctively yeah. – like you learn as a small child, you don't point an unloaded gun at somebody. You don't point a disassembled gun at somebody. Like you just get it – you get it ingrained. You never point a gun at somebody no matter how unloaded you think it is ever. Like it's a thing. You don't have the barrel. Yeah. So you can see what people, you know, these actors who have, some of them have had training, like Keanu Reeves does a ton of training, very, very good about how he handles the firearms and John Wick. Although obviously you would not want to do a lot of the things he's doing in the, those movies. But in terms of like actually handling the weapons, he's very meticulous about doing it right for whatever reason. These guys are supposed to be just everyday hunters in the woods and they are just walking and swinging these barrels back and forth, just right at each other's backs. Yeah, uh, like we've established they do think cover me means everybody point your gun yeah, at me. Yes. Yeah, in case I so if the creature monster. jumps on my back, shoot it off of me. That's what they mean when they say cover me. It's amazing. I think they mean don't let it take me alive. <laughs> All right, so... So we're running the pincer movement. Uh, Trapper immediately chastises Wild Bill for just running ahead like they're sick of his shit in mm-hmm. fiction, uh, which is incredible. He promises to behave, but it is almost instantly a lie. And they start heading out into the woods where they, they for some reason, there's a really weird bit where Trapper is like, I see his glowing eyes 200 yards out. Oops, that's a possum. And then we never address that again. <laughs> is wonderful. I had to yeah, pause it to so laugh funny. at this because they try... Look, there's this thing, as we called out in previous episodes, where they're, it's never clear which member of the team instigates the encounter. Because we're going to get in this episode and the one after this moments where they, they go to Jeff, the infrared guy, and say, I think I hear something. You got anything on infrared, Jeff? And he'll say, nope. No. <laughs> where they are clearly <laughs> trying to, to start the encounter. Like, they don't plan this in advance. So here... It's amazing because somebody says, I see his glowing eyes at 200 yards, which again, if you've seen something 200 yards away, you cannot see something's 
eyes 200 in the middle of the 200 night, yards right. away like there's no the such sun. thing like like two led flashlights from 200 yards out would be difficult to spot that's a long distance in the woods where there's trees there's obstructions you have to understand that is very far away it's a number they just pulled out of their ass to start the encounter like it's it's a distance away but then trapper shines his flashlight says now it's a possum and it is. And then they all just they, move no, on. They, 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 the camera cut shows like they've got their night vision camera. And there's a little happy little possum sitting in the tree <laughs> just watching him. Just kind of curious, like this little happy little possum. It's like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? So this, I think, is the first time they've ever found wildlife that wasn't the exact cryptid they were Yes. Hunting. And it's so great because it's like they could have created some sort of a funny moment or a dramatic moment where it's like, uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, we see that. I get you guns up. It's like, oh, it's just a possum. Ha ha ha. But it's not played like that. It's played right. like one of them is trying to initiate the encounter scenario. And then Trapper forgets that he's doing a fake TV show because he actually <laughs> does see two eyes because he shines his light. And of course, you know, animal eyes are reflective. It's like, oh no, it's just a possum. It's like, do you remember what we're doing out here? Because it is just it's like, he obviously was not talking about the possum. He was trying to start a, a werewolf fight. I would have loved it if they just opened up on the possum, like like when the Ghostbusters try to kill that housekeeper. Like, they, they, just, they just explode this possum. Blow the shit out of him. Now, now, we're not here to hurt the possum. We're just going to educate him a little bit. Uh, so they send, uh, they go scouting. Uh, Trapper sends Willie up a tree to, like, scout farther. He sees, like, a hole or something that they have to navigate around. So they're now separated. And that's when Trapper and Huckleberry find, like, a log that something's been dragged over. They establish this is his bedding area. Mm-hmm. This is a werewolf nest. Yeah, it's a werewolf he's, nest. He's been, carrying, he's been carrying pieces of cattle back here, which, uh, it's the same bones and cow skull <laughs> that are 100 same years one. old. Bleach, <laughs> like, brittle to the touch. They've got oh. a, a hefty, a black hefty bag that they carry these bones around in. That this cow... Like, it needs a name. It's here so often. It's in every episode. Yeah, they, like, every third episode. And so there's some point where they just, like, get the bag of bones out of the back of the truck and dump them out. <laughs> it's the same bones, the same set of bones that somebody found, I don't know, in the woods or somewhere. <laughs> Terry the cow skull. I don't know. He's like our best friend. He's like the, the sixth member of the, uh, the seventh member of the Ames team. He's just, I, it's the same. It's identifiably the same one. I laughed so hard at this because the thing they chose to do here is marvel at the strength of the werewolf who's able to transport these brittle ass cow bones eight feet off the highway. They're like, it, it's like he's doing the math and he's like, oh, even if you quarter it, that's a 150 pounds at a time. Like, he's impressed with, like, a high school boy's bench press. It's just, it's, it's fucking, and he spends, like, 15 minutes on it. And they keep cutting back to him. He's like, God damn it. You you break that up eight parts. That's still fucking strong as shit. <laughs> God damn, a whole cow broken up into 32 parts. That Why, that's still, oh, more than my grandmother's belly, I tell you. Yeah, but it's, it's another <laughs> example where they're just pulling a number out of their ass because he's just saying right. he's like trying to establish his superhuman strength. This thing must have because they're they're about to encounter it. Just like, wow, that's a whole cow. You know, it's I think you brought it up here in chunks, but that's got it. And he starts doing the math in his head, like, well, what does a cow weigh? And it's like, what you know, that's got to be. A, he had to drag them apart. So those are 150 pounds each. He just dragged like it was nothing. And 
by the time he said it, it's too late to realize that, yeah, a, there are children that can drag 150 pounds. Sure. It, it's, you know, it, they would get tired, but, you know, that's not, it doesn't take an, an immortal 300 year old creature to do this. Yeah. But he just pulled out a number because that's what they do to sound like they know what they're talking about. They like they're mountain people. It's got to be some specific number. And it just didn't occur to him that 150 pounds. So again, there's no second. If take. your wife's got any curves on her, like that's. The threshold, right? Like, come on. Meanwhile, while they're discussing how much a cow might weigh, uh, that's like eight steaks. He can drag eight steaks at a time. Uh, Buck's team is being hunted by the werewolf. They can hear it. Uh, Buck is warning Wild Bill not to run off. Jeff is just wildly panning around with a thermal while still insisting, I got nothing. I got nothing. Like, what are you fucking doing, Jeff? Uh, He catches it a little bit. It's, once again, clearly just Willie creeping around in the monster pose, like claws up five-year-old doing a monster pose in the woods. And Wild Bill just sprints off after it like an excited terrier. And then you think, like, okay, Trapper warned him earlier, Buck is warning him now, we're going to play some drama with, like, Wild Bill's going to run off and get into trouble. And what he does is stops and goes, oh, I'm sorry, I get a little excited. Won't happen again. Why did, what was all of that? But now he's just, like, ashamed. And that's that was it. That was the end of that bit. Uh, we're back with Trapper and Huckleberry in the in the in the wolf nest when they hear a, a canned growl. They spin around and they scream, "Willie's right behind you!" And Willie, very tactically, falls out of his tree. This Just, didn't seem very planned to me. This is, I don't think that was planned. No, I think they scared this him is, and he fell out. This of This is not a stunt. This is not funny. He fell out of a tree. There's no. There's no mattress down there to catch him. This is, he fell and he hurt himself and they just incorporated it into the show because of course they did. But he straight up just fell out of a tree. He has no safety gear up there. There's nobody supervising their stunts or anything. Yeah. So once again, the brave hunters are outsmarted and defeated by nearby, nearby noises. They invented themselves. Yes. That's, that's why I think it's a little funny. I think it's funny that, that, that uh, that Trapper and Huckleberry spun around. And went Willie's right behind you, and Willie fell out of the tree. They're like, oh, I guess that. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Huh? I guess we shouldn't have done that. But here's how they incorporate it very well. Now that Willie is like almost comatose, he might have a concussion. It's personal. Finally, with like four minutes left Finally. in the show, now they got to get this werewolf for personal reasons. He tried to kill Willie, sort of, sort of maybe. But they also make Willie still go at it. He says. Buck says, did it knock you half simple, Willie? And he's clearly like, yes, he's yeah, been exactly what he's happened. very dazed. His pupils are all crazy. He's like, well, it winded me a little bit. I still got enough to kick that werewolf's ass. And like dizzily stands up and they make him go through with it. Yeah. So he's, he's in on the chase they now. They give him his shotgun back, don't they? They give him his this shotgun back. This concussed man. <laughs> There's no criteria. Which Hunting a werewolf. Gun away from. <laughs> a concussed man. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, the sound effect uh, that they played, which, by the way, I assume the sound effects added and posted that they just do a they have a, a crew member go rar, and then they say, oh, Willie, it's right behind you. Uh, this time they did go with just the lion roar cut from yeah. their their Halloween sound effects. They did not go back with a any kind of a wolf type. That, that What's guy. also weird home. is that when Willie fed out of the tree, they added a boing. <laughs> it might as well be with this fucking acme trap uh, that they're chasing him towards so they're they're all heading him back towards the trap chasing that werewolf towards it barely it's like barely ahead of them even though they're doing about a mile and a half an hour 
Wild Bill gets too excited and runs off again, gets yelled at again. I, do, I still don't know why we're doing this. Uh, I guess they're just they're just all mad that he's playing like a cryptid berserker and they're stuck playing fucking cryptid clerics or whatever. Explained, I think Buck explained it as how if you run off without us, the werewolf will kill us. Like I think he <laughs> like, like, like laid it out as 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 clearly as that. Like we will die if we don't have you here. <laughs> You're the only thing. Hey guys, I've hmm. watched a few episodes ahead. Uh, they are setting something up here. Oh, this is straight up them laying the groundwork for a future storyline. They have intention in a million years. I never even thought to credit. Them this with is that. a Incredible. Chekhov's gun type situation that wild good, good for them. That Bill. wild Bill Chekhov's wild has Bill. a habit of running off on his own. And this time they're able to rein him in. But what if, what if what one if? time they were not able to so what if he's too loose cannon? God, I love this. I love this show. <laughs> so they're, God, I love watching them invent like yeah. the foundations of society, they're like learning storytelling, story structure, yeah, improv, cooperation. <laughs> like they're just ten episodes in, they're like, "What if we work together? What if we all <laughs> agreed on the same thing? Like, what if I said, Jeff, do you have anything on thermal?" And you said yes. And Jeff's like, "I fucking what?" By season twenty-five, this will be sane and coherent. <laughs> they will. They will have gotten enough of Jason Pargin's <laughs> displaced time notes <laughs> to put together an episode of television. Finally, and that's the last episode. That's when it'll end. Yeah. Uh, that's how this ends. So they all power waddle through the branches. The trap's down. They got him. Wild Bill sees blood. They see a, a little section dug out. It never occurred to them. It did occur to Sean that this. It did. A huge dog. I've met a dog dig before. Out a little bit. I've taken my dog dirt. to the beach before. I know the secrets. <laughs> that's really how it gets away. These dogs can <laughs> dig and they all just look at the hole like, oh, fuck. Okay, we are still giving them a little bit too much credit. The issue was that the hole they dug and the rock they found were not the same shape and they had no means of measuring those two things. Like, they did not lay right. the rock on the ground and then draw an outline and dig out a hole. So the rock does not completely cover the hole. Exactly. So it leaves a huge gap on one side. And so they walk around there and improvise Well, he dug his way out. That's what he did. He dug his. Now, obviously, it's funny because that's the one thing a canine, like a powerful canine, would do if it was trying to get out of, you know, a, some loose soil that has blocked it in. It would dig its way out. But this all occurs because once they triggered their trap, they realized, oh, one, it does not fall neatly on top of the hole. And two, we have no ability to scoot it over so that it kind of yeah. covers the whole thing. Like it, you know, that's and no way happen. out of this story if we trap a werewolf under this. <laughs> right. Once again, the 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 very form of their story, the entire like format of their episode, it has to end with their own incompetence because they can't catch a monster. Yeah. Because it doesn't exist. Exactly. But they also can't say like. They can't fight a monster because they don't have the budget to show it. So every episode has to end with them being like, oh, we're so fucking stupid. Yeah. Or the way <laughs> it specifically plays out, because again, they, there's chicken feathers everywhere, right? Because it ate their, it ate their bait. Had, yes, had to make the point. Because again, it, it worked exactly the way they planned. They were chasing it. It was running for its life through the woods. And then on the way while running, it decided to stop for a snack. Right. The way, again, the-, the way you pick up a power up in a video game, you just grab it <laughs> on the go. Um, and <laughs> once they see this, they hear the creature howl again at the exact same volume as its other howls, where they determined that it was right next to them. Hillbilly yeah. Michael and Winslow. Trapper just looks at us like, 
Nah, that's that's way that's way off that's way off down there. That, <laughs> and, quote that son of a bitch is gone. It howls a second time, right there. Like nah, it's we're never gonna get that thing. Yep. It's it's like gone. it's it can't be more than walking distance because it was just here like one minute ago. Like it can't. It's one minute away from you. Well, what are we gonna do about that? Golf carts are clear over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they they established that they decide that uh, we outsmarted the some bitch, but we underestimated his strength, which I would argue <laughs> yep. is not outsmarting him. That was a contender for my quote of the episode. I love that so much. <laughs> so while Bill says, "Next time we need an old rock the size of a rhino or hip or hobbard this hip on hip on or something," and there's like, I love that moment because they all genuinely laugh at him. Like they yeah. laugh until they cry a little bit. It even shows Willie like a daze, just yeah, like leaning over out of breath. He's real tickled. watching watching Wild Bill try to say hippopotamus uh, is is fucking hilarious. And Trapper in the, in wrapping the episode up says. Now, here's what we found out about the Webster County werewolf. His head is huge. <laughs> That's item one of two. His howl is tremendous. <laughs> End of list. That's it. <laughs> he's got a big head. He's loud is what we have found out. <laughs> but they all do agree that they did a great job and that he exists. Yes, they all agree. If there's one thing we know, he exists. And also, Willie, just a hell of a trap. Rock on a stick. God, they Good love Good job. It. Bravo, encore to you. Uh, he definitely, he definitely exists. And uh, now it's time to pick our favorite quote of the episode. Uh, let's go with Jason first. Okay, so way back when they nearly, they find the dead, the dead log on the ground and they improvised that if this was a trap that it had set up for them. Um, Buck says, well, that tree could have landed on us and killed every one of us. I want you to picture in your mind all, every member of the mountain monsters team lined up in a row and this hog <laughs> rushing every single one. Of them. Yeah, what, I, what I love about that is like just even not in the fiction of the show, that could just happen to you in the woods. Yeah. Like if you're bouncing around here, knocking shit around and like an old tree falls, you could just be crushed by it. So that, that legitimately could be how this series ends is with the one tree just flattening all, all of them, them who are all standing, in a row. All of them together. standing in a perfect line at the exact angle that the, that the log falls and crushes them all. And then imagining the police finding this the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking werewolf struck again. Yeah, it's two big old werewolf footprints. <laughs> Seven men all neatly killed, all dead as doornails under this log that fell on them. Yeah. And trying to CSI what in the hell happened. Like, were they all standing just perfectly under this old dead tree? What that's, this? A, that's a tree cult. Case closed. Rookie woodsman. Anybody from this country would know that's a classic werewolf trap. <laughs> Never fall for that. All right, Sean, what's yours? Okay, I obviously, I, I love the uh, grandma's belly line, but I think my favorite was Wild Bill trying to explain uh, at the very end of the episode when the werewolf's howling, he was trying to explain how they're being taunted by the werewolf's howls. Like these are, these are uh, rubbing it in. And he's, his quote uh, was, hollering us, telling her, having his chicken dinner. <laughs> took those chickens from us yep. that son of a bitch now it's personal 
Those are my chickens. He's going to eat them afterwards. Uh, what? There's nothing that's going to beat Trapper fucking madly looking out into the night like like King Lear and just going, Howl at me, you <laughs> son of a bitch! Howl! <laughs> because you had to be a Bigfoot teacher You had to open up your mouth You had to be a Bigfoot so knocked out You had to have the last word Last night You know what everything's about You had to have the white hot spotlight You had to be a big foot Last night Whoa, whoa.